0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. So, welcome in. Making the Green Fantasy Football Podcast. You've got Uncle Tony, Crazy Legs. What's going on? And we're here to talk a little fantasy football. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome back to Making the Green Fantasy Football Podcast. Got Uncle Tony, Crazy Legs with you tonight. What's going on, Crazy Legs? What's going on? What's going on? Man, I'm telling you, I'm excited about tonight. This is going to be one of my favorite podcasts of the year because we are going to drop some knowledge that you just can't be without tonight. Tonight we're going to talk about the two most important divisions in football, AFC West and NFC West. And I got to tell you man, these are the loaded, the loaded divisions. If you learn anything from Uncle Tony and Crazy Legs, take this away. You want as many of these players from these two divisions as you can possibly get. If you got to cheat, cheat you got to steal them, steal them, but you got to have these guys on your team. So we're going to talk about those here in a minute. But before we get to that, want to leave you with a little bit of anticipation. We're going to start with a little camp news. Crazy legs, what we got out there?
1: So recently in camp, we've unfortunately learned that Tim Patrick did, uh, in fact, tear his ACL at the Denver Broncos, so he is out for the year. You hate to see it. Um, He was in line most likely to win that third wide receiver job there in Denver, which we we know and we're expecting to be uh, fantasy valuable. Um, So he is out for the year, unfortunately, and we'll get to that um, in a little bit for his replacement when we get to the the Denver Broncos. Um, In other news, the NFL is officially appealing the Deshaun Watson suspension, so they are looking for something longer than a six-game suspension, um, most likely going after a full year on him.
0: And I just want to say that's just stupid. I agree, disagree. What the dude did, I, I think this is just another case that Roger Goodell is just trying to have a power a power grab here. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that and agree or disagree that the punishment fits the fits the crime. But they went through the process. They got the six game suspension. He's gonna be out for. That's it. That's it. What's what does this prove? Anyway, I just had to get that off of my chest before we go any further. Go ahead, Crazy leg.
1: No, I, I agree with you. I think this is just a huge publicity stunt because they got a ton of grief for the games he was suspended for where unbiased opinion, but maybe biased because he's on my dynasty <laughs> roster, but Cal Verdley is there sitting on his couch for a full year for only betting $1,500 on some Thanksgiving game. So, anyways, that being said. And all know, right, Who hadn't bet $1,500 on Thanksgiving game, huh? Anybody? Anybody? He, Anybody? He's just trying to make the green. Making the green. All boy. right. Uh, moving on, we got Hollywood Brown. Uh, he was arrested uh, for criminal speeding, um, but he was already back at camp today. They're pretty sure, the, the as far as any consequences coming down on him, it won't be from the NFL League as far as any suspensions or anything like that. Um, so from a fantasy standpoint, we don't see this affecting his game at all. And luckily, no one was injured. He was just pulled over for criminal speeding. Um, hey, this just in.
0: in, in any wide receivers with with training camp and training camp that just got extensions are big money. Keep it in third gear. Just keep it in
1: third gear. I agree. I agree. Um, some better news, though. Antonio Gibson did return to practice, um, so he is officially back at practice trying to hold on to that um, number one role there with the commanders there, um, trying to keep uh, Robinson from those gold, all the goal line carries. So good to see him back at camp. Um, and then finally, uh, the Cardinals are having some, some other issues, not just with the receivers, but with their tight ends, uh, Zach Ertz is day-to-day with a calf injury. We, he's day-to-day because they just haven't released any further information. And then Trey McBride, their, uh, draft pick to basically replace Ertz here in the coming years is also currently missing practice with some back soreness. So I expect whoever is the starting tight end for the season, most likely Ertz, I'm sure they'll get him straight before the season starts. Um, is a very valuable pick, especially for the first six weeks of the of the season, with Hollywood Brown being in a new system and um, DeAndre Hopkins being out um, for those first six games. So, uh, we would like to see Ertz get back on the field as soon as possible. That
0: that, that may be a foreshadowing of rankings to come, right there with Crazy Legs liking Mister Ertz. So, uh, well, thank you, Jacob, for that uh, that timely camp news getting us informed of what's going on these last couple of days. And well, like I said, we know there's more stuff going on out there, but that's the most pertinent stuff. We're not going to talk about who's looking great and who's, who Jerry Jones thinks is going to be the next uh, the next Preston Pearson. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the guys that you want to be drafting and what's going on in your league. So with that, let's move on. Man, here it comes. Man, I've been excited about this one uh, since we started podcasting last week. Let's talk about the AFC West. Now, there's arguments that could be made that what the best division in football is, but I'm telling you right now, there's not going to be anything more entertaining, especially fantasy football-wise, than these AFC West teams, especially with a lot of the moves that happen. All of a sudden, you're coming to the AFC West. Then you're coming to the AFC West. Then you're coming to the AFC West, and we've got more – Number ones beside people in this division than anywhere else in fantasy football. So, uh, with that, I think we just need to jump right into them and start with the Denver Broncos. And for those of you guys, if you're just, uh, learning about football out there, in case you needed to know, the AFC West is the Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Los Angeles Chargers. So, just in case there's anybody out there, LJ may not know exactly who's all in the AFC West. Just kidding. I, we, we've got Bronco fans out there. But anyway, let's start with those Broncos. And so this is this is the big news of the offseason right here. Quarterback for the Denver Broncos, Russell Letting Cook-Wilson. Chef Wilson is in town uh, in Denver. Uh, he's got uh, the running backs there, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, uh, wide receivers, Portland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. We talked about Tim Patrick being out of there, but that's a that's their big three. The uh, tight end is Albert O. If there's any uh, old Missouri Tigers out there, could tell me how to pronounce his last name. I'd appreciate that help. Yeah, you. it's pronounced Okwu Abunom. So all together, Okwu Abunom. Say that again. Okwu We're gonna call him Albert O. Uh, big sleeper pick this year. Uh, so a lot of firepower right there in those names. So, uh, Jake, what do, you, what do you think about the Broncos?
1: Yeah, I think uh, And it, the common theme about all these teams we're going to talk about tonight is you're very excited to, to draft anyone from these teams. Um, Russell Wilson, we obviously know what he can do with his legs, which keeps him in the top 10. Um, I think his floor is a top 10 fantasy quarterback just by uh, the mobility and rushing guards he can put up. Um, and then I think with this receiving court, I don't uh, suspect any big change from him. I think he's currently being drafted around the um, uh, QB 9 or 10, which I'll, I'll take that all day from him, just with the upside of the rushing. Um, I think that's kind of baked in right now with Tim Patrick news, but I think now that KJ Hamler is off the pup list and especially getting practice, um, that he should fill in um, relatively quickly as that wide receiver three role is opened up. So I like this offense a lot. I expect a lot of high scoring in this division, Alone, and so yeah. I like Russell Wilson a lot. Yeah,
0: I'd say I'd say this of all the positions out there, I, Russell Wilson, as far as the premier uh, folks that we'll talk about, anybody in the top twenty in their positions, Russell Wilson probably has the biggest swing from a ceiling standpoint. If you really believe that he's going to have a better offensive line than he's really ever had at Seattle, well, going back to that that first year with Marshawn Lynch, but um, really good offensive line, maybe he doesn't. Stay on his backside as much as he had in the past. I, I think there's an argument that can be made that the combination of Sutton, Judy, and Hamler are better than the Metcalf and Lockett. Um, it, I know there's some DK fans out there who are probably going to argue with us, but I, I also could see that in that program there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of handoffs to these two running backs we're about to talk about. that could be more balanced, so that may limit it. But boy, there's a lot of differing opinions out there. I think what Jake said about wide receiver nine good deal. If you want to, if you're feeling froggy and you want to jump up to a quarterback. I said, watch well, the Quarterback three, four or five for Russell Wilson. Be very, very careful. I think that's, that's going to be dicey for you. Yeah, I
1: agree. I agree. Um, moving on to the running backs. Javante Williams was the big star last year. Rookie running back. People were just waiting for them to release him um, and give him mu- um, basically the reins of that running back room with Melvin Gordon being there. Uh, very sad news in the fantasy realm, but they decided to bring <laughs> Melvin Gordon back this offseason because no, nobody would take him, apparently. But um, that being said, I think Javante Williams definitely sees on. an increase in carries this year. Um, I think the current news out of camp we're hearing from a couple of beat writers is someone saying a 70-30 split. Others are saying a 55-45. Either way, it's leaning Javante's way for the majority of carries. Um, that being said, Melvin Gordon is still there and is a – Fantasy value, especially late in drafts. Um, I mean, he's going to get his on his own, but also, if God forbid anything happens to Javante, he's the next man up. Um, so I think he's definitely worth a late round flyer. Um, but currently, Javante is going as the RB thirteen, so that fringe uh, RB one. The upside is definitely there. We saw that last year. He can definitely break that that um, into the RB one category. It just depends on how limited he is with Melvin Gordon there and what the offense can really do in that division.
0: Yeah. We'll talk about when we get into strategies about handcuffing uh, running backs. I'm not sure this is a handcuff situation, more of them, because Melvin Gordon has value standalone deep in the draft. However, uh, we're going to talk about best balls tonight, and this is a great best ball running back stack later in your – if you're going into a zero running back situation where you're running into third, fourth, fifth round taking your first one. A lot of people high on Javante Williams, but, man, it for us in redrafts, it's going be, to be tight, so – But uh, still, both of them, great value. Go ahead. Tell me. Now, wide receivers. This, to me, is one of the most interesting. This in Kansas City, which we'll talk about here in just a second. The most interesting wide receiver core in in these two divisions. Not that it's, you know, oh, my gosh, they're going to light it up. But, man, who's the one? And there's an argument you made
1: for either one of these guys, Cortland
0: Sutton or Jerry Judy, to be the one. Who do you think the one is?
1: Me, personally, I'm putting my money on Cortland Sutton, the prototypical body of your wide receiver one. I think he's the better red zone target, so I expect him to, to at least statistically have the better chance of uh, scoring more touchdowns than Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's that very finesse, great route runner. Um, you see him le- almost always being in the top of the league as far as separation on his routes, um, and now he truly has a quarterback that can put it in that window that he needs to to take it and run with it. So... I expect a lot out of both of these guys, huge upgrade at quarterback obviously, so I expect them to definitely take that step forward this year. And we've seen Sutton do it in the past, and so I expect him to have the the first shot at being that true wide receiver one. That being said, I see them both as a 1A, 1B as fantasy is concerned. And the current ADP is showing that as they are both being drafted back-to-back in the fifth round, um, just uh, just above uh, the wide receiver two uh, threshold. So they're going at 20 and 21 currently.
0: Yeah, and Will, I'll say that I disagree with Crazy Legs on this. I'm a big Jerry Judy fan, not
1: because I have him
0: in Dynasty, but because I think he is the more the more athletic of the two. And and, and I just think that he's going to be the one to separate from Sutton. Doesn't mean that both of these guys aren't 75 catch guys. One of them could be 90. I don't know that either one of them are 100. But I think, as long as barring any injuries, I think Judy is the one that comes out just because of where he is and his progression in third year, third year wide receiver. Really like, really like him to to, to outshine Sutton on this. But either one of them, that middle of the pack kind of pick is great, and they both have both have. I think Judy's got a higher ceiling to get into the top twelve and be a an, uh, wide receiver one for the year. Don't see that, but certainly could certainly be a high wide receiver two. I think in either one of them, but um, you know. Now with Patrick Gone, KJ Hamler all of a sudden has decent value because he's going to be the slot guy. We're going to talk about Albert O in a second, but he's the slot guy. And as slot guys go, if you're late in a PPR draft, fill it up with slots, man. I know that's not what you think I said. Fill it up with slots. I'm telling you. Fill them up. And uh and he's a good one.
1: I agree, yeah. KJ Camler, I you see more as a Tyler Lockett esque kind of player. Big field stretcher. Uh, we saw that last year before his injury. He's definitely got the top end speed, um, so he's definitely got fantasy value there. Much later in in the draft, obviously, than these other two guys. But you you definitely want to draft him. Definitely want to get him on your roster because you never know what else could happen on this team. So there you go. And, and then I do. What do you think about Alberto? I say you got to talk about Alberto. We we don't mention tight ends very often, but I want to mention this one because you obviously want a piece of any high scoring offense, and I. I frankly think every team in this division is going to, is going to be that or have to be that. Um, and so if the piece you get is Alberto, that's not a bad piece to have as far as tight end uh, flyers go. Um, I think he's technically being drafted outside the top 12 tight ends. But as we've learned in previous years, there's really no true difference between maybe the 6th the tight end and the 18th tight end, maybe yeah. a touchdown or two. Um, and we saw Noah Fant get heavily targeted last year. Now it helped that some of the wide receivers were already out and Drew Locke was just slinging it all over the field. But... I think Albert O, with no offense gone, has a chance to solidify that number one tight end spot. And I think that draws plenty of targets from Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah, the positive here, not everybody know about Albert O. So he's going to – he can come cheap to you. Uh, but the other thing is, is is Russell Wilson and this this type of offense that um, uh, he's brought in uh, doesn't always tie, uh, you know target that tight end. But every everywhere is different, and, and this guy's got talent, no doubt about it. So, don't forget about Albert Oak, the big O, so to speak. Let's move on to, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him, the Kansas City Chiefs. So, in case anybody out there didn't hear um, uh, Crazy Legs on on the first podcast, he is a big Chiefs fan, but he keeps it professional here at making the green because it's all about the green. It's not about the ego. So, we're going to talk fantasy football here, so just just keep that you know take that with a grain of salt when you hear Crazy Legs talk about these guys. But um, this is and has been uh, a very powerful team from a fantasy football standpoint uh, for many years. So we I don't know how much we'll just go really quickly over this and and everybody I think everybody knows this lineup. Uh, big Patty Mahomes at quarterback. Uh, you got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Ronald Jones, our top two running backs, but we will talk a little bit about Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Then you got Juju, Smith-Schuster, Miko Hardman, MVS, a.k.a. Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, Skillet Hands, and then the big rookie Skymore, uh, and then a a host of other folks that are, are behind him. And believe it or not, some guy named Josh Gordon. Uh, and then the tight end uh, extraordinaire, the number one pick in that position, Travis Kelsey uh, at tight end. So, uh, Jake, d- do we need to talk about Patrick Mahomes?
1: No, he's up there with Josh Allen. Uh, the, one of the safest picks you can make at, at any position, most likely, to probably finish where he's being drafted. Um, if anything, he can always have a slight downtick. But, again, the safest floor you could you could possibly have in a quarterback. There's really nothing else you need to say about him.
0: There you go, boom, book it. If you got, if you're going to take a quarterback early, this is the one you take right here. We'll get arguments about there. You told it. You heard us talking about Josh Allen, but I'm telling you, there's no more solid pick than Patty Mahomes. All right. So I, the running back room here is interesting, and I, I'm gonna, I'm going to make a comment here in just a second. But Clyde edwards hilaire and Ronald Jones. There's been talk about it. Something again. We want to. You want to look for in camp. We said that earlier. See who comes out if 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 CEH comes in hot. I think they got something here. What do you think, Jake? What do you think about that running back room?
1: I agree. I think I think you obviously want to have a piece of this high scoring offense. And the running back is one of the cheaper options you can get. Um Clyde is obviously gonna get the first shot, I think. I think Ronald Jones, even though he's coming over and getting paid a little bit, he's still he's actually still a cut candidate for at a training camp because it is a busy running back room um with Jarek McKinnon and Derek being very proven commodities for the, for the Chiefs last year, especially in the playoff run. Um, but Ronald Jones is listed as that number two and has potential to take some fantasy value away from Clyde. But I think Clyde's the one that gets the first shot and the one you want to take your shot at. I believe he's getting drafted currently just outside the top 24. Um, so to get a piece of this Chiefs offense outside the top 24 with a, a high ceiling, if he can finally get those... Um, those receiving targets, uh, is a good pick.
0: So, so let me ask this. Now, you, I want to be clear about something. You just said Ronald Jones is a cut candidate. Yes. Now, I, th- that's a pretty bold statement. Um, and, uh, you know, they spent some money to get him there. And why would you think he's a cut candidate?
1: Well, I need to look up his contract. I believe he's on a one-year prove-it deal, I think, yeah. and it's not anything crazy. So I think he's uh, he's a cut candidate because I'm wondering if they didn't know where they officially stood with these other guys. I think they let, they let Daryl go, I believe, or yeah. the, the running back room has shrank since last year. It has. So I think they want to just try to solidify that depth chart. But uh, it wouldn't shock me if they get more confident in Derek Gore and Derek McKinnon and they realize that they can spend that money elsewhere. Okay.
0: Okay, that's very interesting because it's gonna make this my this next statement I was statement I was gonna make even more powerful. And I'm gonna say this, even though on a dynasty team we traded him away. I think Clyde Edwards Alaire, and there's another running back in, in this division that I think is another one, but I think Clyde Edwards Alaire could be the sleeper of the draft and can win your leagues. They've got to figure out how to protect Mahomes. We saw that last year. We saw it the year before. One of the reasons they're not in the Super Bowl is because they couldn't run the football late in the game. And so I think we may see this be the year that they finally get CEH unplugged and get him running the football. We'll see, but mark it down. I think CEH is one of those mid-round draft picks that could win you the league. Um, that's just Uncle Tony talking, but I think you need to look for it. Um, the other guy here that I think is a surprise it, especially if Ronald Jones is still there, is Jerick McKinnon. Again, from a PPR standpoint, late in the draft, 17th to 18th round, you've got to, got to fill a, a backup flex position. I think McKinnon is is one of it. There's a few running backs we'll talk about uh, uh, that have an opportunity to have five or six catches a game and maybe 40, 50 yards, depending on how the game flow goes. And that's, you know, nine points in a PPR. So, I think that's going to, you know, he's got an opportunity to actually be somebody you could run out in a flex on a, on a bye week kind of thing. Somebody to take a look at late, late in, in in drafts, especially a waiver wire kind of guy. Yep, I agree. All right, let's get to these wide receivers because, again, let's throw them up and see where they land. So, Juju, Miko, MBS, Sky, what do you think?
1: I think this is the biggest question mark of the entire division from a fantasy football perspective is who is truly going to draw the first target? behind Travis Kelsey, obviously, for um attention from Patrick Mahomes. Um obviously whoever strikes gold in this wide receiver room from a drafting standpoint, uh you just got the number one wide receiver target, Patrick Mahomes. That's fantasy gold right there. Currently JuJu Smith Schuster is the highest valued one, um, but he's still only being drafted, I believe, as the wide receiver thirty two currently. Um to get someone that late that has a tie to Patrick Mahomes is just huge and you'll see me taking a lot of him. But I think Juju, from what we're hearing out of camp, has definitely got the wide receiver one in sight. Me, Cole Hardman, I think he's there currently just from a sheer experience Mm -hmm. standpoint. I don't foresee him staying as a wide receiver, too. I think MBS got paid to be that outside receiver and that true wide receiver, too, that field stretcher. Juju underneath. And then the big news out of camp also is that Sky Moore is is an electric playmaker, making crazy catches. He did walk away yesterday with a hip injury, um, but he did return today with just a hip bruise. So. Um, I expect Sky Moore to be a potential wide receiver three, but with these other guys already solidifying themselves potentially as the wide receiver one and two, maybe the rookie will just take a step back this year and wait his time.
0: I makes sense to me. I, I think you're right. This is one of the sit back and wait. One of the things we'll tell folks out there, because, well, let's just say Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. Number one tight end in the league. You have a chance to get him, get him, if you're, and we'll talk about strategies uh, here in a few podcast, but there's no better tight end than Travis Kelsey. Even here later in his career, he's still right in the middle of his stride. So the thing to remember here about Kansas City is even though you, you may want to get one of these guys as your wide receiver run one, they're not going to really be the wide receiver run one because that's Travis Kelsey. And so all these guys are, even Tyree Kill, when he was there, never pushed 100, um, 100 catches. It's just you're not going to see that kind of volume, and so be careful with this. So I lean towards Juju because I think that's where your touchdown is going to come from.
1: I agree, yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm a big math math guy, and so with Patrick Mahomes being considered the QB2 in fantasy football, we expect him to put up high touchdown numbers, high yardage. Not all of that can come from Travis Kelsey. Not all of that can come from Clyde Edwards to Ronald Jones. Some of it has to come from these wide receivers if he is going to truly be that QB2 or QB one on this season, therefore the wide receivers have to step up, have to get a piece of that pie, and I want any piece I can get in this offense.
0: There you go. There's Kansas City. Go get him. Go get him hard. All right, let's go to the Las Vegas Raiders. It's still hard for me to say that Las Vegas Raiders, uh, but we'll go through. Uh, it's it's still a, a a really deep lineup for for opportunity uh Derek Carr quarterback I normally we wouldn't be talking about Derek Carr is probably adaptable but I think he's definitely a QB two for somebody and and maybe got some seal in there to get a QB one on week to week if you're doing any streaming uh Josh Jacobs Kenyon Drake and Zamir White are the really the guys we want to talk about from the running back room uh then the biggest free agent of this year probably um, other than that uh Russell Wilson guy, Devontae Adams, uh or it wouldn't a free agent, but movement. Devontae Adams going to the Raiders, uh arguably the number one wide receiver in the league. And then Hunter Renfro, everybody is Darling, and uh those are two bigs there. And then the Walrus, Darren Waller sitting in tight at tight end. Uh so there's a lot of firepower here, Jake. What do you what do you think about this Raiders team?
1: Yeah, again, I want any any piece of any team in this whole division. Um, I think, again, they're going to be the ones that are probably going to have to uh, score the most of anybody with um, having maybe a, a lesser defense, losing some guys on that D-line this year. Um, and you got to understand, they're playing the Chiefs, Chargers, and, and the newly equipped uh, Russell Wilson Broncos six times out of, out of the year this year. So I expect them to have them to put up some major points. And Derek Carr, as He is a solid NFL QB. There's no doubt about that. But as far as from a fantasy perspective, I don't see him cracking the top 12 this year, even with Devontae Adams and his his old college buddy uh, there in in town now. Um, Josh Jacobs, I think, is being one of the most undervalued running backs in drafts currently. I love him sitting there right at the fringe RB2, RB3 um, area. So I will take him all day in the third or fourth round. Um, Love that for him. And then – Devonte Adams is Devontae Adams. There's not much more to say, except that I think he'll get his. Nothing changes much. There's just not that top ceiling with having Aaron Rodgers there. So I don't see him being the wide receiver one this year, but easily could finish in the top five. And he's being drafted as such, so you get what you take. Um, and then Darren Waller, easily, when healthy, a top three uh, tight end with his just sheer athleticism running all over the field. But health is the biggest concern with him, which is why I think he gets the down tick. Um I think he's currently being drafted as a tight end five, which is right in that, that, that area where you kind of start thinking I should just wait on it in drafts. So he'll have to fall a little bit further for me to to take him, but um definitely a great athlete and someone you need to keep your eye on when you're drafting.
0: Absolutely. And I'm you know, I am still not sold on Darren Waller as a top three tight end. I'm I'm a little bit hesitant on, on that front. Um and uh but but still the talent the talent is there. We just haven't seen it you know, we haven't seen it be consistent. Um And the other thing I'll say, there's nothing more to say there. I, I think it's, you know, this is a two wide receiver set. <clears throat> You're not going to get a lot of value in the wide receiver three position that you will um with Kansas City or with um, some of the other teams we'll talk about. But uh that leads me to the reason you won't need that is because that leads me to who I think is another sleeper in the whole, uh in, in your whole draft. And, and that's Josh Jacobs uh Jacob said you know you're taking him uh you think he's coming third round fourth round
1: yeah so he's current you know he's well I will be taking him at late third early fourth just so that just to make sure I get him because he's currently being valued as the 501 okay. fifth round first pick fifth round first pick 22nd rb up the if board.
0: you're if you're taking him there or later this is one of the best value picks you get i think this guy's got a big ceiling even with Kenyon Drake and there's a lot of talk about Zamir White being the the rookie that's been uh, drafted to replace him, well, that ain't this year because he's still there and he's looking for a contract. And I think that's the best time to pick up a running back mm-hmm. is when they're looking for that next and final contract. And Jacobs does nothing but eat up eat up yardage. And they're going to need to do that against these people that they're playing in this division. They're going to have to control the clock. So I really like Josh Jacobs as an outside, outside really um, uh,
1: uh, sleeper pick. Really like him. I agree, and and listen, we're we're no we're not we're not claiming to be experts here. Uh, we're, I beg your pardon. Where I mean, we might we might tell ourselves that because <laughs> confidence is key, but um, we like to listen to our own experts as well, the people we like to trust to give us our fantasy knowledge as well. Um, and a very popular draft strategy right now is the wide receiver is just the top dog and king, as we can see as we've seen they're making all the green this offseason, so. A top fantasy draft strategy currently is if the draft falls your way to, to where you're drafting three top 12 or top 20 wide receivers with your first three picks, and Josh Jacobs is sitting there for you as your RB1 in the fourth, it ain't half bad. So I foresee that as a great strategy as long as it stays the way it's going, um, and so I like him a lot as a sleeper this year.
0: Yep, that's the zero running back strategy, and we'll talk about that um, more as well, but I like it. Alright, well let's let's move off of the black and gray, black and silver and head over to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh and man, I it this to me is my second favorite uh offensive team uh in the league, top to bottom. I really think there's a lot going on here. Um and it starts with Justin Herbert and who is really coming to his own. Uh, and then you've got Austin Eckler, and you you are going to have to pay attention to this rookie Isaiah Spiller uh, when you're looking at drafts. Uh, then Keenan Allen, <laughs> the the ever popular Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, who everybody's waiting for him to break out. We think this is the year. And then I think the wide receiver three here, Josh Palmer, has some has some talent. We may see some stuff. We may see some catches come his way. Because at tight end, we've got Gerald Everett, and Donald. Donald Parham uh, they've got a rookie here but I think he's going to be it's going to be tough for him to get in uh, to see anything so I think we're going you know you're gonna see Gerald Everett be the be the one there and he's been fantasy viable uh, especially in a streaming situation from time to time we'll see this is not the chargers of of Hunter Henry uh and Antonio Gates fame where you're just you knew they were going to get 60 80 uh, catches and and eight to ten to twelve touchdowns uh, a season so uh, I think it's different now but Boy, top to bottom, there's some excitement here. Some big ceilings involved at the Los Angeles Chargers. Jake, what do you think here about Justin Herbert? Where do you think he really is, as far as a quarterback ranking? Boy, in this division.
1: Who yeah. would you rank him in this division? And this is this is the number one QB division without a doubt. There's just there's just you have you have four top fifteen. Some could possibly, if you really are a big fan of Derek Carr, could put him at number twelve. I won't argue too much with you. I don't don't agree with it, but so you're looking at four top twelve, probably more like top fifteen quarterbacks. Still, pretty good chunk of the pie. Uh, Patrick Mahomes up there at the top still for me. He's, we've seen him do it. He's the things he can do are unbelievable, and he's got the Super Bowl. Um, and I'm a little biased, but <laughs> I try not to be that way. But right behind him is Justin Herbert. Man, this kid is just got all the tools you'd expect to see out of a out of a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, I have him right up there in the top three, actually, with him and Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes, because I think this is the number one offense as far as firepower in this division. Actually, um, it's hard; it's hard to argue with Justin Herbert, a top three fantasy quarterback, Austin Eckler, a top three run, fantasy running back, uh, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams, both top twenty-four wide receivers. Um, Gerald Everett, athletic profile, who knows what he can do with with uh, Justin Herbert throwing him the ball? We saw Jarrett Cook. Old man Cook was able to <laughs> even have some, some fantasy relevance uh, last year. So um, I expect this offense to be the, the number one offense in this division if they can get off hot like they did last year. So um, I like Herbert a lot.
0: There you go. Man, that was a good rundown. I Is Eckler top five for PPR or non-PPR? Or does it matter?
1: I think, I think from a PPR standpoint, absolutely. There's nobody that catches the ball more than him probably. Um, I think – I do expect progression from him from last year. I think last year was just a product of injuries and just no one else um, being back there. And you can see after they haven't moved on officially to um, Spiller being their backup. Um, so I think he'll eat into Eckler, especially maybe in some shorter yardage because they want to try to protect him with his contract and everything. Um, but I think it comes to a point where you got to let your best players play, and he is without a doubt the best player back there. I expect him to still finish in the top five. Uh, Half point, still top five. Standard league, not so much. But the reason why is because his his number one asset is his hands.
0: There you go. And I'd say this: we talked about Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon both being draftable, not necessarily a handcuff. I think here with Isaiah Spiller, he's much more of a handcuff than Melvin Gordon because he's a rookie. And as you heard us in our first podcast, the reason. The rookies don't see the field much, is because they don't pass block, and I I think that's going to be a reason that he won't see as he may see a lot of third down stuff. But I don't think he's the guy that you want to have behind Eckler because Eckler is a third down back and still gets the goal line. So um, unless something you see something change there, but uh, definitely Eckler is a big time big time running back. One of those guys you gotta you gotta target in the top two rounds. Uh, and then Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, what do you think? I mean, I don't think this is the 1 1A discussion that we had earlier with Denver, but
1: uh, it's pretty close. I think yeah. Mike Williams has finally, finally taken that step forward and shown us what we all expected out of the top draft pick, however many years ago that was. God, I feel <laughs> like he's been in the league forever, but we just don't see him at all. He's been hurt all the yeah. damn time. Yeah. But he officially had a good season last year as far as health is concerned, I believe, and finally showed us that, that wider, true wide receiver one frame and body and go up and high point the ball. And be a true red zone threat, which Keenan Allen just isn't with his size and his age. He's just he's still separated with the best of them. So in a PPR league, I'm still probably taking Allen um, just from a sheer ceiling standpoint. I think he still gets his. He's always been a high receptions guy. He gets yeah. he gets open however he can, and he's good at it. Um, but Mike Williams, man, he is he is a a higher ceiling, I would say, than Keenan Allen with yeah. the red zone threat. And just if Justin Herbert continues to take those steps forward, which he, there's no evidence to prove that he won't, um, I could see Mike Williams possibly being a double-digit touchdown guy and breaking into that wide receiver one.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, Definitely the ceilings there. My only concern for Mike Williams, or my biggest concern for Mike Williams, we haven't seen him play a whole year yet. He just ends up getting hurt. Now Keeney's been hurt too, but not to the extreme that Mike Williams has. So here's, here's to Mike, take care of yourself, be good in camp, take the Zeke Elliott route and don't play in the preseason. And uh, just, just take care of yourself because we want to draft you hot. So, all right. Well, I think that wraps us up for the AFC West. Man, I love that division. Can we do that again? Let's do it again. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> we still got the next best division.
1: Plenty more to division,
0: come. And that is the NFC West. And, again, I think we're talking about if Seattle takes care of its quarterback positions, which I think they will before the season starts, they cannot go in with Geno Smith and expect to be uh competitive. Uh somebody's going there. Could be a surprise, may not be a surprise, but anyway, same situation. Man, great quarterbacks, great wide receivers, really good running backs. I think we got ourselves a division here. So, let's just let's just put it out there with these Arizona Cardinals. And uh again, this is a spread offense. People flying everywhere. Starting out with Kyler, the new contracted Kyler Murray, the new contract that no longer has a study clause, Kyler Murray. Uh, then uh, James Conner, uh, who, who has uh, morphed into uh, Godzilla. He's come back again uh, out there. Now, this is an interesting – we've talked about the camp battle here for behind James Conner with Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin. We may talk about that a little bit. Uh, and then wide receivers. Probably the deepest wide receiver room uh, in the league with now, DeAndre Hopkins' suspension notwithstanding, but DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore, uh, and uh, they're, they're, even their backups have a lot of experience. Andy Isabella uh, has a few touchdowns under his belt uh, the past few years, but then uh, tight end Zach Ertz and Trey McBride, as, as Jacob uh, alluded to earlier in the podcast about an injury, but still... Ertz is one of the best pass-catching tight ends there and really is that, um, that X-Y uh, tight end, they call it, I believe, or, or H-back that he's really on the move and really is a fifth wide receiver is how they play him. So um, from this Arizona Cardinals team, Jake, who, who do you feel is their, is their number one player overall between quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end? Who is the guy to have on your team?
1: I think the guy to have on the team this year is, for me, James Conner. Um, he's he's being drafted currently close to the end of the RB2, so right or, or mid-RB2. He's right around that 16-17, mid to late third. Um, I would love to have him as an RB1, because I think last year people are talking about uh, the um, he's not going to score as much as last year, which I do agree with. I agree with. There's going to be some regression there. Um, but at the same time, Golly, I don't trust anybody behind him to carry that l- workload like he can, um, and showed last year. Um, he showed that he's a, he he can be a true through down back, three down back if they need him to be. Um, and so I really like Connor to have this a very high volume in this offense, which I expect to be a high scoring offense. And I don't I I know you mentioned depth the, a lot of depth at wide receiver, which the names would make you think that. I don't know why I just come away with the feeling this is a frail frail wide receiver room. A.J. Green old old. Old soul Marquise Brown is a stick high flyer he's gonna be a field stretcher I see the field stretcher as yeah those deep balls but boy I love him when he, so he can't he clears the box out for James Conner even more I think um, but he's he is a new guy coming into a new system um, so he's gonna to have to come up to that quick DeAndre Hopkins out for six games so that really just leaves Zach Ertz as well who I love as a value pick for where he's going as a tight end draft Zach Ertz have him blow up for six weeks trade him for somebody better um, before uh Hopkins comes back. But James Conner, I think, will is the true consistent piece of this offense. And like we saw last year they want to get him the ball within the five yards, five yard line. They want to protect Kyler, especially with this new contract. I expect James Connor to have a great season. Well, as
0: the great Samuel L. Jackson once said, well, allow me to retort because this is where I could not I disagree more with Crazy Legs than on the Arizona Cardinals. And we've talked about this, and we'll talk about it more. And I'm not going to get up and slam a chair or anything, but I, I could not disagree more. I think James Conner is just fraught with peril. I mean, he's the bounty waiting to go down. I just, you know, and maybe I'm biased because there was a time when he was a stealer. I invested a lot in James Conner, and he let me down. He let me down. So I get the feeling he is one of those guys that's going to be overbought this year, and he's not there. Um, and then I disagree. I think uh, from that wide receiver room, uh, we didn't mention Rondell Moore. And I know he's small, and, but he's got quickness. He's, got a lot of, he's now no longer a rookie. He's got experience in the system. I think he's going to be a big surprise coming out of this offense. And uh, I think A.J. Green could still be a 50-catch guy. And in this, if you're the fourth wide receiver in this much, that's a that's a pretty good that's a pretty good load. And and I think that he's somebody that you could actually get out there as a wide receiver for or flex in the right in, in the right matchups, especially in the first six weeks as as Hopkins is out. So um I disagree a little bit with Crazy Legs there. Um that's but, all right. uh, but we'll we'll have more discussion on that as we get into rankings because I think when we start talking draft strategies, that's really gonna come out. But uh, I I would say here in the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, go get him in the right spot, a top five, I believe, uh, because of his run ability. Especially if you get additional um, points for your for your quarterback uh, uh, running with his rushing yards, if you're in a performance league. But I I, I like this I like this Cardinals team. But I, I'll I'll agree with Crazy Legs a little bit. It is a boom or bust kind of team. They're either going to be really good or Cliff Kingsbury is going to be the coach of the Oregon Ducks. So it's one or the other. But uh, uh, I, I think these guys, I, I think it's going to be, I, I think they're 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 going to compete in this division. Um, so, all right, well, let's uh, let's move on down the line, as they say here in the NFC West, and let's talk about the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. I know that's weird to say, but um, congratulations to Matthew Stafford uh and and uh for getting that prize that he never wanted in making one of the greatest ATT commercials ever. So uh congratulations uh Mr. Stafford. But let's talk about the team for a little bit and why we think Matthew Stafford is a draftable quarterback. So you got Stafford, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, I think that's really the top of that class at running back. Uh then the um the one you know him, you love him, you can't live without him, Lil Cooper Cup. Um Speaking of, speaking of the old man, there's Allen Robinson uh, and then Van Jefferson, who is having uh, some knee problems. But I think we can pretty much tell you that Odell Beckham is going to be on this team before the end of the year. So uh, we'll talk about that in draft strategy. But tied in, the very sneaky Tyler Higby, And uh, I think we need to talk about him a little bit when we get to that in just a second. But uh, Jake, if you had to take a Rams, what do you think about this Rams team?
1: Uh, I think they're Super Bowl champs, and they're Super Bowl champs for a reason. <laughs> uh, their defense. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, I love, I love the combo of Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. I think we, we'll get, we'll probably talk stacks later on in the year, but um, this is one that's definitely doable um, as long as you have a top five pick. Because I see Cooper Cup not making out of the, the top first or the first five picks of your draft, and and he, rightfully so. I mean, this guy blew it up last year. He's he's my wide receiver one this year, um, and. I mean, obviously that comes with a lot of uh, expectations, and he may not finish there, but I don't see him finishing far from it, um, barring any injury, of course. Um, So I love Cooper Cup; He's definitely their best player from a fantasy football standpoint. Um, There's been lots of buzz about Allen Robinson dominating at camp. I'm putting air quotes up there for y'all that can't see me. Um, (laughs) We'll get the YouTube up soon. (laughs) Um, But, uh, I mean, I'm a big Allen Robinson fan. Um, I think he's your prototypical wide receiver one build. But I think until we see it in action, it's going to be hard for most of us to trust him just from what we've seen in the past. Now, obviously huge upgrade at uh, QB, huge upgrade at head coach and offensive minds with Sean McVay. So I do expect him to take um, a step forward from last year, which it's, it's not hard to go up from rock bottom. So, um, (laughs) but I do like Allen Robinson this year. Um, I think as a good wide receiver three depth piece, um, just take a shot at him. Um, and then Tyler Higby, I think, is a solid is a solid um, tight end streamer. Uh, has definitely the ability to stay within the, the top twelve tight ends. Um, just again, you want a piece of these offenses. These are going to be high scoring yep. offenses. Yep. Maybe not as much as the AFC West because defenses are a little tougher here. I think, but um, he is on the Rams. He doesn't have to play against the Rams, so I like Tyler Higby a lot. <laughs> um, and then Van Jefferson, we already I'm going to touch on him. We know that he's had having knee issues already. Um, I believe he's week to week, but they're expecting him to not be ready by the start of of, of um yeah. the season. So like uh Uncle Tony mentioned a little earlier, they could reach out to OBJ. That is that is the expectation from the, the rest of the league as well. Um that he's just waiting in the wind to be brought back. So um, but he's also coming off his own injuries and he won't be ready probably till November. Anyways, all that being said, it's Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson are the main two receiving targets in this offense. I believe Tyler Higby, be more of a um, a red zone guy, um, but Cam Akers is really being talked about as an RB two this year, and not just RB two, maybe a mid a mid RB two. Uh, I think people are still in love with what he did before his injury, and then seeing him come back in playoffs, thinking that he's um going to be fully back this year. I for one don't believe that, and I don't. I know that could come off hypocritical because I talked up Derrick Henry um, for still remaining as a top five running back, but. I think there's a big difference between Derek Henry, Henry, who's proven it year after year, and he's coming back from injury, and then Cam Akers, who is still young, which is probably better for his injury. But I just got that feeling that I just can't trust him at that price.
0: Yeah, and Cam doesn't carry the weight that Derek Henry does. And when I say weight, the muscular stature that Henry has. Henry's just a bull, and so mm-hmm. it, it, he protects himself with that. We, you know, people talked about it for years about quarterbacks who have more of that weight; they can take more punishment. Uh, we don't see that with Cam Akers. and so I agree with that. I I, I I see that being more of a more of a committee than a lot of other folks do with Akers and Daryl Henderson. I, I see both of those guys probably mid-range mid-range folks. I I can't see any either one of them being an RB two, uh, because I think they're this this offense is going to flow through Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. Uh, and Tyler Higby until we see who that third wide receiver is. And so let me say this about Allen Robinson, and we'll move on. I, I you know, uh, we were trashing AJ Green before, but I think that Allen Robinson carries that cautionary tale. Of here's a guy six seven years in the league, you know, has a couple of hundred hundred plus uh, reception years, and then all of a sudden he hits the road. Uh, and so Allen Robinson could either be AJ Green. Or he could be Allen Robinson of the first year Chicago Bears because a lot of people forget Allen Robinson lit the world on fire with the Jaguars, took the big money to the Bears and had a great first year and then has fallen off. So the question will be, okay, does this open up that we're going to see the Allen Robinson year one Chicago or are we going to see uh, A.J. Green year one with the Cardinals? And so I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Both of those very similar. AJ Green never came back from an injury uh, that that year before he got traded. Allen Robinson never came back from an injury the year he was he was let go. So I'm a, it, it's concerning, but man, if you can get him in a good value spot, I think Allen Robinson is going to bring you great value, especially these first six to eight weeks of the season. I Allen Robinson to me is probably that guy. Hey, get him play him for six weeks, and then trade him for the guy you really want. Uh, so anyway. There's the, There are the Los Angeles Rams. So let's go on to the uh, Nanner Neener Niners uh, out in San Fran. And I'm telling you, I like this guy, quarterback they've got now, Jimmy Garoppolo. No, just kidding. It's Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance has been named the starter there in San Francisco, and Jimmy just gets to sit over on the side and watch, which has to be one of the weirdest things I've ever heard uh we may be able to talk about that at the end. But uh the running back group, Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, uh Trey Sermon, uh, uh interesting uh uh battle for the fourth running back in that in that group. Uh and then the big the big names you want to know about Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk uh are the big guys. And you've got uh, there's just not a volume there, I think, where you talk about a wide receiver three being being a value here but definitely Devo and, and and Brandon are ones you talk about and then depending on who you talk to the number 2 tight end in the league maybe number 3 maybe number 5 George Kittle and uh and it, when healthy I don't think anybody can argue that this guy is can can put the numbers up uh very Travis kelsey like but uh but he's definitely uh one of the top weapons for the 49ers and definitely Somebody you need to target from a draft standpoint. So, so Jake, who's your pick? If you take, if you got to take one of these Forty ers and I'll, I'm going to scratch Debo Samuel out because if yeah, I said, Debo, uh, if you had to take one, who are you take?
1: Boy, if if you're taking Debo away from me, which I hate to do, but <laughs> um, especially because he's still going at the back end of the second round right now, I will gladly take CMC and Debo Samuel to start my drafts. And and thank and thank you guys for letting me have them. Um, but, um, if you're taking away Debo, I think Elijah Mitchell is definitely the best value here in this draft. Um, I know it's, it's interesting to say that because we talked so much about how San Francisco is just, whoever they put back there is going to succeed. It could be any one of these four guys, honestly, probably not, probably more like three because Trey Sermon, I think they're not too happy with what they found out about him, but, um, they went ahead and addressed that with another draft pick in Davis Price, um, but we've seen it from Jeff Wilson Jr. We've seen it from Elijah Mitchell. I think healthy Elijah Mitchell gets the first crack at it, and if he can stay healthy, we saw him on pace for some really good RB1 numbers. Um, and the good news about him, yes, he had tons of injuries last year, but none of them were related, I should say. Like it was a toe or an arm or a shoulder something like that. Right. They're not connected in any such way, so you're hopefully he's all healed up, ready to go. I like him, especially going in the back the back RB2 position, I think that's great value as your RB2. And if you can get him as your RB3, even, or flex position, wow, good job. Um, but then, boy, Brandon Ayuk, like, it was just a roller coaster last year of, of being in the doghouse. Is he out of it? Oh, nope, nope, he's back in it kind of deal. Never really got out of it last year. Um, but I will say the few games we saw Trey Lance last year, he ha- he targeted Ayuk more than Debo, I believe. Yeah. Um, they had some, some chemistry last year for the short time they had together. Um Ayuk is currently going outside the top 36 wide receivers. So I like him as a value as well. Take a shot on him. See if you can get a piece of this action. So.
0: That's right. And uh, so we've talked about it a little bit here. So just real quickly, though, let's, Jake, what do you see? What does Trey Lance do differently to this offense? Because you've got to know that a Shanahan offense is going to be a high-powered offense. A lot of movement, a lot of quick hits, but a lot of uh, risk-taking. So, where do you, what do you see Trey Lance doing to this team? Is he gonna who's he gonna help? Who's he gonna hurt? Just real quickly, what do you think?
1: I think Trey Lance is gonna help everybody, but unfortunately, Debo Samuel. Um, but now, hopefully, the coaching staff is smart enough to to work that out of him and tell him to target their number one receiver and most likely the best and best player, who they just paid a lot of money to. Um, so, but I think he's gonna provide an even better option for the running backs as they're gonna start running more RPOs. Um, with that zone blocking scheme, they like to run down there. Um, I think it's going to just open up more holes for the running backs to cut back there because that D is trying to hold on Trey Lance. Um, and then we saw—I've already talked about the chemistry possibly with IU going forward. Who IU is the, the the bigger body red zone threat, possibly more than Debo. Debo is more of that hybrid running back style wide receiver. Um, both very capable of putting up big numbers, especially Debo. Obviously, we saw it all last year. And then George Kittle, I believe, is just going to be George Kittle when healthy. He's a consistent top five tight end. I think he'll get his, I think, again, his coaching staff, I think, is good enough to, to work Trey Lance and coach him up enough to let him, to, to so he knows who to target his best players, and that's going to be Debo and George Kittle to start. Um, we always talk about the best friend of any young t- uh, quarterback is that tight end just sitting there for that three or four yards and let him work yeah. for you. So I I think those are the guys that will mainly get um, uh, upgraded with Trey Lance. at the Yeah, home.
0: yeah i'm absolutely excited to see this kid when he came out i told everybody i could tell this is the biggest arm that i've seen come into the league i'm real excited to see what happens with trey lance it's going to be fun i think they're going to be a lot more exciting a lot more rpo i do think it drives down the ppr value for debo and iu but i think it raises their performance value from a scoring standpoint. I think we're going to see a lot more points scored from San Francisco this
1: year. I agree. I think that's the big thing there. We And we'll talk about this later with draft strategies and deciding between players. You want players on high-scoring offenses because they give you more opportunity to score. Trey Lance, I think, does that with this team, with his legs, with his arm. That's who's going to do it for him, and that's why you want him back there.
0: There you go. And unfortunately, we're going to end this session of the NFC West and the AFC West with probably the weakest of these eight teams, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. And I know, oh, how the mighty have fallen. We saw that start to happen last year. We saw Russell Wilson get out of town. Uh, We haven't seen him find his replacement yet, but I I feel pretty certain that they do. So I'm basing my discussion here on somebody other than Geno or Drew Locke is gonna be starting for the Seahawks at some point in time in the season. And all you smart asses out there bro, say, Yeah, they got Jacob Eason. It ain't gonna be Jacob Eason either. So, uh, so anyway, I but we'll see there. Otherwise, if it is Gino, I, I think a lot of what we're talking about, we gotta take take these down a few notches. But I think interesting the running back, whoever wins this battle, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker, if a if a true winner comes out, I think they're a great pick. If a true winner doesn't come out, I think it hurts both of them with Kenneth Walker being that that banger type of running back and and all sorts of things being talked about there. But I still think Rashad Penny, this is going to be his year. Um, I think he's finally um, weathered a couple of storms there from that knee injury. I think he's ready. He came in with a lot of draft capital. It's only been about four years, I believe. I think it's time he'll, he'll be able to cash in. And then um, we talked about D.K. Metcalf. You got Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf. Uh, Freddie Swain is an up-and-comer. But um, And they've got a, a, an old friend of mine that I really like, Marquise Goodwin. But anybody other than the top two wide receivers on this team, I think you're probably going to pass because, like I said, unless something strange happens and we see a really, a really strong quarterback come into town, don't see that. But the surprise name in all of this that I don't think you want to pass is Noah Fant. Uh, Noah Fant has, was part of that trade to get Russell uh, to Denver. And so I think Noah Fant actually is probably the most talent they've had uh, at tight end here since Jimmy Graham showed up for, for a couple of seasons with his bald head. Um, so uh, I think that that's really uh, going to be exciting to see what he does, and he may be the only guy on this roster, Jake, that could benefit from Geno Smith or Drew Drew Locke being the quarterback. What do you think here about Seattle? Anybody Anybody you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I, I think with this team, you know about DK Metcalf, you know about Tyler Lockett. They're, I think – Tyler Lockett, someone that takes the biggest hit, obviously. DK Metcalf is just that freak of nature that I think still is going to command his and get his. Uh, just from a sheer volume standpoint, he may not have. He definitely doesn't have that upside of being a top, I think, five wide receiver anymore with Russell not being there. But I think from a fantasy standpoint, your biggest hopes you could ever want for this team is that Drew Lock starts. I think Geno Smith to me he's just a boring player when it comes to football <laughs> I, I, if Geno Smith is back there, I don't expect this offense to be running uh, high scoring numbers. I don't see that even as an outcome, whereas at least drew lock, you're either going to get zero or maybe 35. You don't know because he's just going to sling it. Um, and so if I'm fantasy standpoint, I'd rather have him back there, throwing the ball all over the place to these guys, especially Noah fan already having that connection from Denver. So if we come, if, if by the time you get to draft season for redrafts and Drew Locke is coming out as a starter, all of a sudden Noah Fan becomes a high pick for me as far as a tight end streamer. Um, I like that a lot. Um, we talked about you talked about how you don't know who's gonna win the battle between uh, Penny and Walker. And to me, I thought that was stupid to say. Cause I thought why it's a no-brainer, it's Penny, and then here I am looking up ADP and Walker's four spots ahead of Penny. I I did not know this. Now, to all those out there, again, we're not experts. We're somewhat starting off our research as well, just like you all probably are by listening to this podcast. But um, I don't know why Rashad Penny is not getting the love that he – I think he deserves from last year's run. Um, uh, we already have the retirement um, by Chris Carson, so he's not even a factor in, the back, in there anymore. We have two quarterbacks that we just talked about how incompetent they can be. Um, <laughs> somebody's going to have to take the ball. I think it's Rashad Penny. He was uh, Kenneth Walker was a round two pick. We're not talking about a Brees Hall. We're not talking about a, a, a Saquon Barkley or some freak of nature coming out of the first round getting drafted highly. He was a second round pick, high second round pick, but a second round pick nonetheless. Rashad Penny has shown it last year. He was, a, I believe, he was a first round pick. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he was. He was a workhorse coming out of San Diego State. I think just had a rocky start to his career with the injuries. Um, but I I like him, and if he continues to be outside the uh, the the top thirty running backs. I'll take a shot at him all day to to solidify that backfield and continue to roll like he did at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, there you go. And I keep arguing with Jake that I think we're experts. For some of these people <laughs> this is we're probably better than they are. So to them, we're experts. Now, I don't want to go up against Matthew Berry, but uh, well, actually, maybe I do want to go up okay. to Matthew Berry. Anybody on NBC sucks. So um, <laughs> I, I would. I'm not necessarily opposed to that, but. Uh, but I do agree with you. I think there's, much like Javante Williams in Denver, I think there's a lot of hype on Kenneth Walker. And we may see that same with Brees Hall. We talked about him, but Brees may be the real deal. But here, I think there's, there's value in Rashad Penny. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And last thing I'd say here in Seattle, uh, DK Metcalf is still a freak of nature. I, I think Tyler Lockett is the one you should really see fall down your draft, and I, I'm I'm not drafting him near as high as folks will have him go. Uh, but DK Metcalf, man, if you can get him, in, you know, in a favorable position, uh, lower than his ADP, I, I think he's a good value because I still think he's going to be a seventy, eighty catch guy at a minimum, and they're going to have to score. There's going to be times when they're probably down thirty points in this division. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going to have to throw it to somebody, and I think that's going to be DK. And so whenever those guys back off of him, you could see him get six catches every fourth quarter of every game, and ain't
1: nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I agree with that. We're talking these guys up, and this is all based on Drew Locke or Geno Smith being that quarterback. For those people drafting right now, and you expect that, hey, Jimmy G, if he does officially get cut like we're expecting him to get cut, great landing spot right here. And maybe you take that shot early on Tyler Lockett or or DK Metcalf um, in hopes that when Jimmy G gets there, that that uh, value is going to skyrocket. I think DK right now is being valued around wide receiver eighteen, Tyler Lockett wide receiver forty one, practically almost free late round draft pick. So if, for those of you that like to draft early, if you're drafting early redraft, I highly suggest you talk to your commissioner about that. But <laughs> but but, uh, but I think those guys have. Super low floors currently for, for who they are and their potential. But if they get a new quarterback in town, that could easily skyrocket. So uh, take a shot at them now before they increase.
0: Yep. Don't be as deep here as Seattle, but, um, but there's definitely value. So that ends us with the uh, AFC West and now the NFC West uh, for tonight's podcast going through divisions. And, and as I was comparing before, you know, this is grandma's house. This is where you want to spend Thanksgiving. You want to go to the AFC West house and you want to eat the turkey, eat the dressing, eat the stuffing. Hell, you might even want to eat the fruitcake because in these two divisions, there's a lot to be had. So this is the house you want to go to. These are the houses you want to spend time in and, and be the last guy out. It was a stone cold groove, my man. This is where you want to be. So, uh, well, that's it for AFC NFC West. Uh, Jake, uh I think before we go, we wanted to give just a little quick shout-out for those, one of the drafts, uh, uh, the one of the leagues that you can get into right now that they're doing a lot of and I think can be valuable for you is uh, best ball drafts. And before we leave tonight, I wanted to give you just a couple of minutes in case you're curious if you see that, if you go to any services or are out there on Yahoo or something and you see these best ball drafts, you might wonder what that is. And so sometimes this is the easiest way to get into fantasy football. And a best ball draft is where you set it and forget it. You don't have to set lineups. You don't have to do anything. What you do is you're normally drafting, depending upon the league, 18, 24, 27, if you get deep enough uh, players. And the system itself will say, will take who are your top 10. And depending on what kind of league you're in, you've got to, you, they'll, you'll got you start a quarterback, two running backs, three wide, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. Some of them don't have kickers in defense. A lot of best balls don't. But um, if you do, it, you just draft until you've got those covered. And then sit it and forget it. Some of these guys cost $5 to get in. Some of them 35 Some of them 100 Some of them 500 Depends on what you want to do, I, I'd say to ease in onto it. But um, we've had success in basketball drafts, won one last year, and uh, been pretty good in them. So a uh, couple strategies for you to think about. Make sure that um, you do a practice called stacking. You heard us talk about it a little bit. When you have a situation and you get a top one of your top five picks, there are teams, like we just talked about, AFC West and NFC West, that you try to stack. And when what stacking means is take somebody with that, uh, team in the first three rounds, then take somebody maybe round seven through ten. Then take somebody maybe rounds twelve through fourteen, and before you leave, you take somebody else. So you've got a wide receiver and a running back and a tight end from a particular team that you feel really strong about. Like uh, we talked about last week, Cincinnati getting getting a high getting Joe Mixon, then coming back with Tyler Boyd, and then coming back in with their tight end. That would be a great stack. Or getting uh, Russell Wilson. And then getting Albert O. And then uh, getting um, uh, Melvin Gordon. That's a good stack. So those are the kind of strategies you want to look at in best ball. But it's real easy, and it's good to have fun. And if you're, it's definitely good when you're in a redraft league or a dynasty or a redraft uh, startup dynasty type situation. You kind of get a feel for where people are valuing uh draft picks and it gives you an idea of of where the real ADPs are and what what those people out there are thinking. And I've always found it to be a good tool for that. But go out there take a look and and don't be afraid of the best ball. Um it's it's actually a kind of fun way to get to get started uh into into fantasy. What do you think, Jake?
1: No, I agree. Uh, I think everything you said there is spot on. I think best balls are perfect especially for this time of year because again, you can draft and then just forget about it. Um I think also it's a good representation of how drafts are going currently um, before you get to that redraft. Or if you're in a bunch of redrafts or dynasty, you just need a change of pace or change of scenery. Best balls are perfect for that. Um, I think also best balls I like a lot because for those that love to do a lot of research and really get into the depths of like the top 300, 400 players, best ball is perfect for that because typically your top 50 picks aren't going to change pretty much between redraft, dynasty, and, and best ball. But best ball is where those mid, those mid range, those fifty to one hundred fifty guys can really uh, change it up from redraft because you're looking for those guys that have the potential for those um, league winning weeks. Um, so best ball is just a good change of pace for me. That's why I like them, um, and it gives me a it gets me back in the drafting mood, uh, draft strategies, and everything. So uh, best ball is a fun time. There you go.
0: Go find your best ball. Get in it. Uh, plenty of spots out there if uh, if anybody's interested. Uh, go see our, our friends over at uh, Just Press Play. Hit them on their Facebook, and uh, I'm sure we'll be able to get back to you. Ask for, hey, I need to talk to the boys at Making the Green. Uncle Tony's got me hot.
1: For football. All right, I think we're done. we You done, right. Crazy Leg? Yep, we out. All right, peace. peace. Till next time.
0: That worked pretty well.